Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Well, I want to preach tonight on uh, the, the topic of being disqualified. And uh, as we do that, we're going to read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, and it's going to come up on the screen, and uh, you can read along with me if you'd like to. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. I'll just read that part again. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 9, we're going to read that together. That's going to come up as well. It says this, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? <laughs> that, that question mark surprised me there. I didn't know how to end the tone. Gets the prize? Run in such a way has to get the prize. Verse 25, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not, not be disqualified for the prize. Uh, that first verse uh, that we read, uh, run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. 1 Corinthians 9, talking about a race with a prize. The Bible telling us in those two passages, in life there is a race, there is a prize, and there is a finish. There is a finish to your life. Um, Paul, in the book of Timothy, he, at, towards the end of his life, says, I fought the good fight and I finished the race. What he was talking about was that he served God through hell and high water and all sorts of things. And towards the end of his life, he became aware that he had run the race. He had finished the race, set out before him by God. What God put him on the planet to do, he knew that he had accomplished that by the grace of God. Like Paul, there is a race set out by God for you in your life. Something for you to do. Something he's placed you on the planet for. Beyond the nine to five. Beyond the savings you're trying to make. Beyond the holidays you're planning to go on. Beyond the Contiki tours you're planning to go on. Once all the travel opens up. Beyond that, God has a purpose for you on the planet. There is a finish and a destination he wants you to get to. There is a finish line, a destination, an end goal which God has prepared for each of us. Doing a race well... Winning a race requires focus, discipline, and training. This is coming from someone who's not won many races, so I know this because I know what was lacking. But hey, with running races, there's bad things we can do or, or things that we don't do which can slow us down or mean that we lose or can't race at all. Not being prepared with the right equipment can mean that you lose a race. Uh, looking and comparing ourselves to others in other lanes 
can mean that you lose the race. I don't know if anyone's had a, a school swimming carnival at HBF Arena, but often there is that kid that will have a, a bit too long a look at the lane next to him and start swimming into that lane. And so there's a, a poor kid who's given it 100% into the next person's lane. We can compare and look at others' race, and that can slow us down. We cannot be strategic and planned. Uh, we can forget to pace ourselves. We might run 100 meters with everything we've got. We're sweating, we're breathing heavy. Then we realize it's year five cross country and there's another 1,500 meters to go. Come on, someone. That was too detailed to be hypothetical. Come on. But hey, worst of all, we cannot finish a race and not win it because we get disqualified. We can get disqualified from a race, no longer able to compete, no longer able to take part. And I want to preach tonight on this word disqualified because it, it, what we can do in life is we can disqualify ourselves from being used by God. We can disqualify ourselves from living the life that God has planned for us. But more importantly, we can disqualify ourselves from being in a relationship with God. We can, we can say to ourselves and speak of ourselves, I can't be in a relationship with God. I couldn't do that. The things I've done, the places I've been, we can disqualify ourselves. We can also disqualify ourselves from the plan and purpose that God has for us. Last week after church, a couple of us watched Cool Runnings in here, and that movie is epic, but those poor guys at the start, they all fall over in the 100-meter race, and they are disqualified. They can't compete in the Olympics anymore. Um, what can happen in swimming is you get a bad start. And again, HBF Arena. Has anyone had a false start at the swimming carnival there? I remember we used to have the swimming carnival at HBF Arena, and some poor kids, they sit in those stands for six hours waiting for their race. It's their big moment. They've had their bologna sandwich for lunch. It's finally their class is up. They get up there. They're shaken. They've been waiting six hours, taking the bus, packed lunch, the whole thing. And then before the gun goes off, they go in, and it's, all right, get out, mate. And their day's over. They're disqualified. And you're like, the kid is six, leave him alone, let him go. But sometimes a bad start means that you get disqualified. A bad start. Sometimes it's someone else on your team means that your whole team's disqualified. Um, I've not been in too many relay races, but for those of you that have, you know if someone drops the baton, uh, it can disqualify your whole team. And it's like, Fred, mate, we were doing so good, and Fred drops the baton, therefore the whole team is disqualified. What about something I'm a little bit more uh, experienced in, the three-legged race? Sometimes what can happen is your other partner... He might, he might go out of time with you and then the, the string comes attached now. It's a four-legged race. Boop, get out of here. And you're like, Fred, first the baton, now the three-legged race. Getting us all disqualified. Another way you can get disqualified is if you break the rules, intentionally or unintentionally. Um, for, for those of us that have touched the egg in an egg and spoon race, boop, get out of here. Um, crossing into someone else's lane, having flippers on at the uh, Year 7 carnival, things like that. <laughs> can mean that you get disqualified. But you know what else can happen? Sometimes we can make a mistake. I saw a mistake on Ninja Warrior that just broke my heart. This guy was shredding, and he was shredded, and he was doing such a good job, and um, he like, did this epic move, and he didn't land in the water. He just landed one foot on the, uh, the barrier, and that was enough to be disqualified. And I felt so bad for the guy because it was, it was a mistake. Now, all of those things that I've just talked about can happen in our own life. A bad start in life 
a bad start to a season. Something someone else has done in your life or done to you means you can disqualify yourself. Sometimes we break the rules unintentionally or intentionally. Sometimes we just make a mistake. Um, we can feel in moments of our life like we're disqualified from a great life, like we're disqualified from that dream life perhaps that you have in your heart. Uh, the, the life that we want or the direction we were heading in, something seems to have disqualified us from that. You feel like you can't take part in that endeavor or in that dream, or perhaps you feel you can't take part in the family of God. Um, we can feel like because of something we've done, we're now disqualified. We, we can bury a dream. We can give up on goals. We can give up trying. We can lose hope. We can begin to think that that can't happen for me anymore. Um, even the hope that we could know God or be forgiven by God, or receive a fresh start, or even be used by Him in a great way. We can disqualify ourselves from that. We've tried, but now we feel like we're done. Here's what I want to encourage us with tonight, church, is that you need to know that in Jesus, because of Jesus, a life with Jesus, what does that mean? You've invited Jesus Christ into your life. If you have done that, it is not true that you're disqualified. It is no longer true that you can't go again. It's no longer true that you're so bad you, can, you can't have a relationship with God. It's no longer true that you don't have another chance. Because of Jesus, it can be no longer true that you don't have hope. What becomes true is that you do have hope. What becomes true is that you do have a future. What does become true is that because of the goodness of Jesus, you can be in a relationship with God. And it doesn't matter what you've done, where you've come from, the bad start you maybe have had, what people have done to you, around you, you can go again in the race God has set before you because of the grace of Jesus Christ. Here's what I want everybody to know. God is strong enough, gracious enough, patient enough, and faithful enough to help lift us up, lift our spirits, and reinstate us back into the race, back into the purpose that He has for our life. There's biblical precedence for this. Peter denied Jesus three times, yet Jesus restored him on the beach, invited him back into the family of God. The call of God was not gone, it was back, and Peter was incredible in establishing the early church. Jacob in the Bible was a cheater, yet he is still a part of the lineage to Jesus Christ. God used him in a great way. David, King David had an affair and had the woman's husband killed, yet Jesus enters the chat and God gives him another go. He gets another chance. Jonah ran from God, yet he was still used by God. Paul was a persecutor. He murdered Christians and yet was incredibly used by God. Sarah and Abraham disqualified themselves from having kids because of their age, yet because of God's faithfulness, they can go again. Lazarus was dead. Is there anyone dead? No. Lazarus was dead and it wasn't over. It wasn't over. Even death can't disqualify what God wants to continue. If you feel like that dream is over for you, that pursuit is over, I want you to know it's not true because God can use the stubborn, the fearful, the old, the young, the dead, come on, cheaters, adulterers, lazy people, praise God, Jesus can use them all. If we would just turn to Jesus 
and repent. What does that mean? Turn to His ways, turn away from our ways, onto the ways of the Lord. We are not disqualified. You are not disqualified. The race is still on. God still has something great for you to do. You just need Jesus in your life. You need Jesus in your life as Lord and as Savior. It's not good enough to have Jesus in your life as a good bloke. He's got to be Lord. He's got to be Savior. He's not just a nice guy. He's not just a prophet. He is the Lord. He is our Savior. If you have Jesus in your life as Lord and Savior, you are not disqualified. God does not disqualify. We disqualify ourselves. We're going to have a look at Judges chapter 6, verse 11. It's going to come up on the screen. And this is about Gideon. And uh, here we go, verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah. Sorry, I actually have a spelling mistake here. Um, in Oprah, that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Verse 12. <laughs> Let's focus front row. Come on, bring it back. Oh, come on. Uh, okay, let's bring it back, everyone. Verse 12. Uh, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Angel of the Lord, greeting Gideon. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has this all happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said... Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? I'll just pause there. Uh, isn't it classic? Gideon is questioning um, God coming to rescue and to help, and God is coming to Gideon to say, I want to use you to do that. Um, I find that often we are going, where is God in this? And God is saying, I'm here to empower you to bring about godly change. That's what's happening here. Verse 15, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. The Lord answered, I'll be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Hang on here. This is an angel of God speaking to Gideon. He needs another sign. Um, I imagine having an angel of the Lord speaking to you. Uh, he's hearing this person. He's getting word for word. This isn't like a God told me to take you for coffee. This is a legit angel of the Lord speaking and Gideon says, give me a sign. This is the sign, Gideon. Verse 18, please don't go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Just a crazy passage of scripture. God coming powerfully, supernaturally to speak to Gideon, to have him do something great for God. Yet Gideon says, hey, I'm from the weakest family in the weakest clan and I'm the weakest among them. Um, and then he needed another sign. And I think how Gideon saw himself disqualifying himself from you being used in this way caused him to question what God was saying and caused him to question that it was God saying it when in fact it was the angel of the Lord. I would like the angel of the Lord to pop in and see me. And he hasn't. And in this story, it happens and he asks for more. And I think it's because Gideon, a lot like a lot of us, disqualified himself. How he saw himself affected how he saw God using him. How he saw himself affected how he saw God being able to do something in his life. The angel encouraged him. 
And what, what I want to encourage everybody here tonight with is that we don't often have an angel of the Lord hitting us up while we're in the wine press. Um, but what he has given us is the word of God. God in his wisdom and his sovereignty has given us the word of God, the Bible, and he wants to speak faith and strength and the call of God to you through it. I love this. Don't say God is silent if your Bible is closed. God wants to speak faith into your spirit through the word of God. We don't, we don't often need the angel of the Lord to appear because we haven't applied what we have in the pages yet. We've got an infinite amount of encouragement in the Word of God, we've got an infinite amount of get out of funk found in Scripture. And I want to encourage you, go to the Word of God to be reminded that it's not about you being qualified, it's about Jesus Christ being qualified and calling you into a life of purpose. Don't disqualify yourself with your own words when God's Word says go for it. How you see yourself in your future is often connected to how you see the Word. When you read the Word of God, let it speak to you, let it minister to your heart, let it speak faith and strength and the call of God over you. And it doesn't matter about what family you're from, if God is calling you, you can do it by His grace. Called to a great purpose. As you get in the Word of God, you're reminded that we are not the, the tail, but we are the head. We're reminded that we're above and not beneath. We're reminded that we are a royal priesthood, that we are a child of God, that we will prosper as our soul prospers and that we're not a mistake. We're here on purpose for a great purpose. Another story a little bit like Gideon is uh, Moses and the burning bush. Um, Exodus 4.10 is going to come up. It says this, this is God again speaking to Moses through the bush and wanting him to do something great. And Moses says to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. God was wanting Moses to go and speak to Pharaoh about freeing the Israelite people. And Moses' reply, again, this is a, he's seeing a bush on fire and God speaking through him, uh, through the bush to him. But again, Moses, because of how he saw himself, he's disqualifying himself here because of his speech. Then we read this in Acts 7. Look at this. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. He was powerful in speech and action. Who wrote Exodus? Moses wrote Exodus. And he said that he had a bad speech issue. And then Acts says that he was powerful in speech and action. Moses attributed that to himself. And God never brought it up. And God wanted him to go and be used by him. And, and Moses was disqualifying himself. It was Moses who attributed that impediment to himself. Can I encourage everybody here, don't disqualify yourself with how you describe yourself. Often no one else thinks what you say about yourself. We're our own worst critic. We can disqualify ourselves. In, in 2021, can I encourage you, let God's voice be louder than your own in your own head. Something, something my dad always says, and he's been saying it for um, 20 years. Um, he says, don't listen to yourself. Speak to yourself. And, and I want to encourage you, when you speak to yourself, again, don't speak your own wisdom. Speak the Word of God. My own wisdom is just naff. I want to speak to myself the wisdom of the Word of God. And there's only one way to, one way to get more of that, and that's to get into the Word and to allow God to fill you up with faith and fill you up with confidence. Because of Jesus, you not only can you take part, you can conquer and succeed and win. If you have a bad start in life, 
this season or even this year, with Jesus back at the center, his mercies are new every morning. You have an opportunity for a fresh start. You have an opportunity for a transformed life. The South, I won't actually do it. Um, If you broke the rules, we can repent and turn to Jesus and he will set us back on the right path. If you were on track but fell, like David, like Peter, you're one conversation with God away from making it right. I want to encourage someone here tonight, get full of faith and excitement for what God could reveal to you in his word, for what he could reveal to you about yourself in his word. Get excited about the things you're going to learn as you engage with God's kingdom. Get excited about the friends you're going to make, the places you're going to go, the ways you're going to grow. This is a nice little rhyme here. The money you're going to save, the people you're going to bless, the salvations you're going to see. You're not disqualified from experiencing love, fulfillment, purpose, and joy, but most importantly, receiving salvation, having a relationship with God. Do not disqualify yourself. If we would all turn to Jesus, we will never be the same and we will be placed back on track in the race that God has set before you. Can someone say amen? Amen. I just invite the band to come up and join me. I love that passage at the start. It says to fix your eyes on Jesus. Now, that would only make sense if Jesus is actually at the end of the finish line because for those that have done running races and all that kind of stuff, you want to look in the direction that you're going. And Jesus encourages us to fix our eyes on Him. And why is that? It's because Jesus is the goal. Jesus is the finish. He is the prize. He is the reward. Our, Our reward for finishing the race well is to spend our eternity in the love of the Father, in the presence of God, with Jesus Christ. Jesus is the goal. A relationship with God is the goal. We can disqualify ourselves from being used by Jesus, but we can also disqualify ourselves from coming to Jesus. I want to encourage you, you can come to Jesus because He has His arms wide open, ready to receive you. We can be great sinners, but He is a greater Savior. We cannot outsin the grace of God. The book of Ephesians says that we're saved by grace through faith, not by works. That is fantastic news that we're saved by grace, a free gift from Jesus Christ through our faith in Him, and we don't have to do any works. Thank God. Because if you look around the world, we can see in so many countries and through so many religions, people's effort to connect with God. But when we look in the pages of the Bible, we see God's effort to connect with people. We see what God did through the life of Jesus to reconcile us back into a relationship with God. Despite our past, despite our mistakes, despite our pain, despite our failings, despite our bad start, our breaking of the rules, because of Jesus Christ, we can know God. He came and lived a sinless life and died in our place as a sacrifice so that we could know God. When you receive Jesus, when you approach God, He no longer sees your sin, but He sees His Son. He sees Jesus Christ in our place, blameless. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. 
If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.